0: podcast from Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk So if you've got your Bibles, Acts chapter 3 verse 1 through 10, we've had, haven't we, an extra long weekend. I am in favour, guys, of switching weekends and weeks around. Anybody else? Five days off, two days at work. I could cope. I could cope. Those that are retired are like, yeah, (laughs) imagine seven. No, I can't, all right? I cannot imagine what that is like other than wonderful. Although I must say that even though I've had time off, and I'm sure uh, you've all found the same, that there is so much to do when you're off, I'm going back to work on Monday for a rest. It's mad, isn't it? So much to do, and so little time. <laughs> That's how it is in my world, anyway. Just, I just create chaos. Anybody else? Amen, brother. Yes, amen, indeed. We, uh, or I attempted to, I did, it, it happened in the end, but in, in the first instance, I attempted to move my, um, what is called a sow at this stage, as my pig is in pig, she's pregnant, from one pen to another, I like to think I'm strong right (laughs) and this pig she's about 100 kilos so she's big and she dragged me right around the field honestly I was I was in bits and lol was watching out the window laughing at me as you do and then at one stage I thought she'd escaped and this is the truth and lol looked out the window and she saw the pig as well all right So we both, in haste, ran out, as you do, to try and capture the pig. The pig hadn't escaped, it was a crow. (laughs) (laughs) I know, judge not, lest you be judged, all right? But anyway, there we were. (laughs) By that point as well, and this is not a joke, I was in my jimmy jams. So the neighbours had a right laugh. (laughs) Like, what's he doing? Anyway. Anyway, I feel like we've digressed a little bit, but nevertheless, it's been a very nice, long weekend and I hope you are all relaxed. We've celebrated our wonderful queen, 70 years in power. That's incredible, isn't it? 70 years. And she's been absolutely fantastic throughout, certainly the 37 that I've seen. I didn't like sharing it, but never mind. She's seen 15 prime ministers. That was the actual number. Soon to be 16, perhaps. But let's not get into politics. <laughs> let's talk celebration instead. Our final stop, if you like, in Acts. We've been right through since Easter. And of course, Sunday, indeed, this one is Pentecost. We, we did that a few weeks ago. <laughs> Never mind. Um, but uh, we're having a look at the very end of what we uh, where we've been as a church over the past few weeks. And now we're in Acts chapter three. We saw the church last week, if you remember, as it formed and And the church began to grow, and the believers, if you remember, they were united. The word said they had everything in common. They were all Derby County fans. I've only said that because there's a Forest fan in here today. Yeah. Oh, there you go. There's more than one. (laughs) Shame. The shame. But never mind. Never mind. We're a few leagues apart at this stage, but we'll we'll come back. But the believers there, they had everything in common. They were focused on God's mission, the bigger picture. They were focused on God's mission, on loving people, on sharing the truth, sharing with each other, sharing all that God had done for them. And now then, as we look at Acts chapter 3 this morning, we're going to catch a glimpse of Peter and John being obedient to what God had placed on their hearts then because of their obedience, they were in the right place at the right time. I don't know about you, but as a young lad growing up, I often found myself in the wrong place at the wrong time. I don't know whether that's a male thing or whether the the females of this world are able to do the same, but as a young lad, I could find myself in the wrong place at the wrong time continuously. Apparently it was the company I kept, is what my mum used to say to me. But these here, Peter and John, they were in the right place at the right time. And because of their obedience, then God is able to use what God is able to use. Timing is everything, isn't it? Yet, without obedience to God's word and mission, opportunities can be lost. So let's read together and see what God has got to show to us through his word today. Acts chapter 3. as did John. And Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Are we expectant this morning? Mm -hmm. Then Peter said, silver and gold I do not have. But what I do have, I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. had happened to him. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we ask this morning, Father, as we look into your word, as we read your word together as your church, that you would see fit to bless us, Father, you'd open up hearts and minds and ears, Father, that we'd be receptive to all that you've got to say, Father, that your Holy Spirit might move, that Lord, we would leave this place knowing more of your wonder and your beauty. Father, we thank you again for this opportunity and we ask, Lord, again, that you would just see fit to bless us. We ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So we see Peter and John heading to the temple courts to pray. In Jewish custom, there are set times. And this one, in the afternoon around three, where they make their way to the temple is a time of prayer. But, as I've already said, they were in the right place at the right time. Not just because they were going to the temple to pray. A man who was lame was being carried to the gate called Beautiful where he'd be placed in order to beg, to receive money from those passing by. And they were passing him by in order to go and pray too. But this guy at this gate called Beautiful is is in a, a prime spot. Because naturally, as those that were of the Jewish religion would go into the temple and would see fit to help those in need, It was the prime spot at the prime time. And he was absolutely in the right place at the right time. Not because of that. But because he sees Peter and John. We see that in verse 3. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. The guy is asking them for what he thinks he needs. Now don't get me wrong, he needs money in order to be able to to supply for himself food, shelter. He needs money. But I would argue he needs something far greater than money. I would argue that this man is actually in a position where he doesn't actually know what he needs. What he really needs will supply him for eternity, not just for a meal. Now, you can forgive the guy for looking a little bit confused or perhaps disappointed at the response that he gets back in the first instance from Peter. Put yourself in the picture. Excuse me, guys have you got any money? And Peter looks at him and he says, look at us. He says, look at me, I want your full, undivided attention. And the guy must have thought, phew, somebody who cares, somebody who's going to supply, somebody who's going to to give me what I need. And then Peter goes, silver or gold, I don't have. Do you think the guy looked away at that point? Put yourself in the picture. Peter's just demanded full undivided attention. He thinks he needs money and Peter says, I've not got it. Right. Okay. Well, I'll have a look over here and check these may have, and I'm going to look at somebody who actually cares, somebody who's going to supply what I think I need. And naturally you can think the guy's perhaps a little bit disappointed, maybe even confused. Yet Peter goes on to say, he says, silver or gold I don't have, but what I do have I give to you. And he says, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, get up and walk. Now quick one, because we're, we're all real people, yeah? I was after money. For me to get up and walk, in the first instance in my mind, is an insult, correct? Are you joking? First you've made me look at you, then you've said you don't have money, and now you're being out and out rude. You see, you have to take it in context as the reality of what's happening to this man. The reality of what's going on in his day-to-day people were giving him money in order for him to survive, and now he's in front of two guys that don't seem to be giving in him in anything other than abuse. But Peter doesn't leave it there, he takes him by the hand and he pulls him to his feet. And the word tells us that immediately he gets strength in his ankles, and the guy can stand. We don't know whether he was born like this. We don't know whether this happened. But either way, he was lame. He's not experienced this for a while. As we'll see when we get into the temple, people knew him. He'd been there for a long time. Always at the gate. Always there at the right time. Because prayer's happening. I'm in the right place at the right time to receive what I think I need. Yet God had something far bigger and far better in mind for this man. The guy was looking for some loose change. Yet in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, what he got, church, was lasting change. What he got was lasting change. This man had begged at the gate long enough, always there at the gate, but never went through it. He was always at the gate. Oh, and it was beautiful. But he never went through it. And now... Peter, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, has placed this man in a position that he never dreamt possible. You think that morning that he got up, he thought, I know what's going to happen at three o'clock today. He had no idea. Yet he was in the right place at the right time. Why? Just as an an opportunistic moment? No. He'd been there for a long time. His persistence. You remember Jesus teaching on the persistent widow. He he was persistent in this moment. He was always there, expecting that he'd get something. He had no idea that he was going to get this. Yet his persistence put him in the right place at the right time. His, His suffering then, in his lameness, had come to an end. And Peter's faithfulness, his boldness to call on the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth for healing for this man gave this guy the moment that he could never have dreamt of. He'd only ever been carried to the game, yet finally he got to walk through it. Verse seven through eight reads like this, as we continue, taking him by the right hand, he helped him up and instantly the man's feet and his ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. Isn't that incredible? Naturally then, because of his excitement, because of what's just happened to this man's life, been turned completely on its head, naturally, as he walks and jumps and praises God, he goes into the temple and people around about see him. The word tells us that they're amazed. Well, of course they are, because they've seen him sat at the gate over and over again. Like not, I better put some change in my pockets because he'll be there. They've seen him over and over again, yet now they're seeing him completely different to how they've ever seen him before. Not a guy that's looking to the ground disappointed and upset and politely asking for change. Is a guy who's received change, who's up with his head towards the ceiling, praising the name of God, walking and jumping and praising God. Naturally, though, isn't it, that as the church, as we see people put their faith and their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, you can see the joy in their heart, can't you? The joy in their spirit. It's infectious. You look at the way that people behave and act. You may have known them before they came to know the Lord. And you think, how is it possible? Only through God. Only through the power of the cross is it possible. And then you stand in amazement and look at these people walking and praising God. Just full of joy. Because what God has done in this man's life. And he shares the good news by his actions and by his words to show everyone that he finally got not what he needed for a short time, but what he needed for eternity. He didn't get the small change that they thought he needed, he got real change. And his celebration, celebrations could be heard far and wide, but most importantly, and absolutely with certainty, they carried with them the lasting effect that we have even felt today. That here's a guy who never got to go through and now he's finally in the temple courts and he's able to worship and praise God with everybody else, a place that he wasn't even able to go into, just sat at the entrance. And we have some things that we need to ask ourselves this morning or this afternoon is what do we ask for? Lord, you know what I need. I think I know what I need. But you know, so Lord, not my will, as Jesus said, but yours. Lord, I don't know really what I need. I just see the, 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 the immediate, what's in front of me. But Lord, you know what I need. You know, our, our heart's desire should be, Lord, help me to pray in the right way, to say, Lord, you're in control. You know what I need. So Lord, supply as you see fit. Church, what a difference that makes to a heart, hey? Says, God, you're in control. Not, Lord, please, I need 20 pounds to pay for the bill tomorrow. Now, the reality is that that happens. But, Lord, you know the bigger picture. So, whatever it is, Lord, that's what I'm praying for. Lord, you're in control. And you also know the hearts of every person in here, Lord. So, see fit to deliver. See fit, Lord, to answer my prayer. And supply the need that only you know that I need. But also then, as Peter and John enable this guy, as they pray in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, as the name of Jesus brings healing to him, there's also a response for us then, as we realise what God has done in our lives, to tell people, to celebrate what God has done, to, to share the good news, the gospel. But also the small moments in our life where God has brought about victory, where it seemed like there was only negative, that God brought about a victory. There's a a lovely poem that we had a a few years ago now. It was an Easter poem, but that God turned something that was sad into glad again. And it plays in my mind so often, because that's what God does, isn't it? That in moments that seem desperate and, and hurt and pain are there. We see that God can bring out glad in those moments and God can bring about real change. And that's what he's done here for this man. And church, we have to thank God, don't we, for the weeks that we've spent in Acts together as a church. And I pray that we've all been encouraged and uplifted through the words that we've seen as we've journeyed from Easter. But also I would ask us to to continue to pray, to seek God's guidance then as we push forward as a church. And you know, we thank God this morning, this Platinum Jubilee weekend. We thank God for his church, but also we thank God for the long reigning monarch that we have in our wonderful Queen. Who loves the Lord Jesus. You know, we might not see that again. So let's give thanks to God that we've had that and let's pray that as a nation that we continue to pull together and push forward with Christian values, living our lives as the church for God in all that he wants us to do. We'll pray and then we'll have a song and Alistair will come close in prayer. Heavenly Father, again, we just want to thank you for your word this morning. Father, we thank you for its encouragement Father, we thank you that you know what we need. And I pray, Lord God, that you would give us wisdom to be able to pray that. Father, you know what we need, and we ask, Lord God, that you would supply our need. Father, you never said that you will supply our wants, but you did say that you would supply our needs. So we pray, Lord God, that you would just speak into hearts and lives this morning. And again, we thank you that we've been able to celebrate as your church. And as we worship now together, As we close, Father, you just be with us, bless us, encourage us as we share together. Be with us, we ask, in Jesus' precious name. Amen. Amen. This has been a podcast by Hope Church Gainsborough. For more information, visit www.hopechurchgainsborough.co.uk.